guys. Welcome back to the Thursday show. Hopefully you're doing okay. Sorry about the delays this morning, running into some technical difficulties, but I think I got it figured out. Well, kind of anyways. <laughs> Hopefully you're doing all right. Hopefully you have your coffee to get your day going. Before I start everything off, just want to remind everyone I'm not a therapist or an attorney. An individual much like yourself who's been through a rough time, developed some tips and techniques that have helped me uh, deal with my situation I share with you to help you get out of yours. Get your, get your life back on track. Get things, get things going again. Get things working. Making sure that you're not in the shadow of this for the rest of your life. Though it feels like it sometimes. On that, uh, be careful throwing around diagnoses of mental disorders. Only a clinician in a clinical environment can do that. You don't want to get yourself in trouble playing therapist. It doesn't mean that you can't learn about this stuff. Figure out what the patterns of behavior are. Find out what helps you. Minimize the garbage that they put you through. Take your life back. If you like what uh, we have going on here and you want to support the channel, you can do that by becoming a channel member over on YouTube. Just go to Dad's Thriving Divorce, look for the join button. You can also support on the website at dadsurvivingdivorce.com. There's links there. Anyways, have a couple of topics today. Hopefully uh, things will work out right. Having a few technical... I'm just... like I tripped this morning <laughs> and I'm having to pick myself back up and, and get my get myself back on track. So again, good morning. Hopefully you are having a good Thursday. Week's just flying by. I, uh, uh, as, as I mentioned, I, I have a few little issues. Whoopsie, I'm trying to make my text bigger so and it's not working eh, wrong window okay well so much for that I was hoping to make everything larger so my eyes could see it so I, I wanted to cut I wanted to hit a couple of uh, key points as we start this and one just kind of remind people that as this grows we're going to get more unique characters involved and a little ground rules that uh, that I've always had for for this is uh you know treat each other with respect no personal attacks uh and if you're trolling or just doing stuff just try just to try to push people button push people's buttons then you're out we have a couple of moderators who are working to keep everyone safe and uh keep a handle on that so just you know you can see them they are if in the in the chat they are blue with a little wrench by their name if there's an issue just reach out to them just do at right to debbie or at uh shanna don and uh they can they can uh, make sure things are going all right so the thing i wanted to hit today and this is one of those reoccurring topics is focusing your attention on 
on what's going on with you and figuring yourself out as opposed to attacking other people or sitting there trying to, to judge other people. I think everybody goes through a phase on this when you first start out to where you have this new awareness, feels like a superpower a little bit, and you find yourself looking at everybody trying to figure them out, trying to, to gauge what kind of person are they? What, what issue does they, do they have? Sure, it can be an interesting process, but the reality is if all you're doing is constantly focusing on what other people are doing wrong in their lives, the question is, is are you really making progress on your own? And that the best way, in my opinion, to really get your life back is to focus on healing yourself, to focus on how to make you better, to focus on how to get to the point to where you are in a better space. And that takes a lot of work. It's easy to pause along the way and look at at everybody else and say, oh, that person's a narcissist. I think that person has BPD. I think that one's a psychopath. You know, I think it really boils down to this. Listen to your gut. If you're getting bad vibes from somebody, you know, if you want to hang out for just a brief moment to see is, you know, is it legit or is the person just triggering you, triggering you for some reason? Because sometimes it's that, right? Sometimes we repel people who are good in our lives because it's a reminder of what's wrong in our lives. Not always, but I mean, it's just, the, the bottom line is, look at what's going on. You have those, you know, your spidey senses go off. Your intuition says something's wrong. Believe it. And move on. All of us, and what I want for all of you guys is to get your life back, to start living a life of peace and joy, gratitude even, and not under the shadow of toxic people that are doing their best to test that they still have control over you, that they still have the ability to to gaslight you, to provoke a reaction. Remember, those people get their, I'm not even going to say joy. I'll just say supply. I mean, everyone knows what that word is. So they get their supply by being able to get a reaction out of you, good or bad, right? doesn't matter if you're mad at them, you're agreeing with them, you're happy. It's, it's that control mechanism or that, that proof of concept for them that I still have it. They still think about me. They still, uh, they still want, uh, or that I can start, they're thinking that they can still push your buttons, get you to respond. Shanna says, get their jollies. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and, and, and the really sad part is, is a, is a person who 
doesn't think that way. It's thinking, oh my God, if you could just use that energy, just just take that that skill and use it for good. <laughs> use the power for good instead of evil. It will make a huge, you know, it would make things so much easier. The problem is they don't work that way. So, I mean, the thing on that is, I mean, just be careful going around trying to gauge this, trying to judge somebody else. It's just, it's counterproductive. It's not, it's not, uh, it's going to send you into the wrong mind space, head space. And it's just one of those things that uh, is just not appropriate. And what I will say on that too, because I've started to see a little bit of this in the comments. I saw some of this this morning, not in this, this video, but in some other ones. Uh, I'm going to have to start just laying down the hammer on that and just removing people because it's just, there are so many other forums and places where people can go bash on each other and play high and mighty and be, well, I'm better than you. My healing is farther along than you. You don't know what you're talking about. You're a narcissist. I can tell you're not. And then it just goes back and forth and it's just, it's, it's, it's counterproductive. You want to do that just zip on over to Facebook and enjoy yourself. And hopefully at some point you can get out of that mode because all it's doing is it's holding you back. It's keep effectively. It's keeping you attached to the people or person who has emotionally abused you and messed with you. And it's not helping you. So on that, hopefully that rant was okay. The phone lines are open if you want to participate in the show. 1-424-373-5483. 1-424-DSD-LIVE. If you're calling internationally, you can scroll down in the description on the video portion of this, and there will be a link for a web interface to call in. I'm going to look a little bit in the comments, see what we got going on. Uh, Camilla, I haven't seen you on in a while, so welcome back to the show. So do you think it's fair for me to ignore a guy I dated for less than two weeks who, when I broke things off, he called four times, uh, the night after and said he loves me and wrote me a seven page letter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, here's the thing. If you get to the point where you're done with a relationship, be done with it. And anybody who turns around and isn't going to respect that boundary, in my opinion, is, is problematic. Now, I could see, you know, if, if uh, you're in, see, but you're only talking a couple of weeks. I could see somebody, if it's a longer term relationship and you finally say, hey, you know what, this isn't working out. And they want to try to work on it and they want to try to, to do something. Well, whatever. But, but here's the deal, guys. And this kind of goes with what I was talking about earlier. And that is, if you spend the time to heal yourself, you would have all those, you would, you would have those problems. You would try to have communication with the person. If the communication didn't work, you would recognize the patterns and behavior. And you might give them a couple of chances and then it's done. And then you don't have to sit there 
with the person going, well, I didn't know, you know, I'll, I'll try better. But I mean, if, if it's not, if it's a game playing thing and you recognize it and you're listening to your intuition, yeah, no, nobody has a right to be in our, in our lives. People who are toxic absolutely do not have a right to be in our lives. It's all, and this goes with what I was talking about the other day. It goes with the foundation of building your environment and making it as peaceful as possible. When you realize that something is not working toward that goal, then you make changes to, to fix that. John had said, uh, good point, Wayne. They bait you to try to respond. Uh, I showed a psychiatrist friend court docs and the way they attacked me. And he told me I was dealing with empty, which I didn't know that that was. Yeah. And, and probably to be perfectly honest, and, and John, my guess would be that your, your psychiatrist friend probably said, I haven't treated this person, but all of this is telltale signs of, of, of an issue. And see that, and I have a couple of callers, but I just want to drive this point home. You'll notice maybe not so much on the internet with, with therapists. Cause sometimes they'll sit there and they'll, they'll say, Oh, this public figure is, is a narcissist. That's a, actually it's, I think if I remember correctly, that's an ethical violation because you can't make treatment judgments on somebody you're not treating. So, I mean, I could see if somebody was being consulted by a colleague who says, Hey, I have this client. These are what I'm dealing with. I'm thinking this. And, you know, they brainstorm and, and not brainstorm. They have a collaboration to, uh, to, to deal with that. Oh, thanks for the super chat surviving to narcs with a smiley face. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to go to five one four says I'm 27 days free from my narcissist and I'm proud of my completion. Let me pull you in. Hello and welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Hey, I'm very happy. Uh, 27 days in my own apartment by myself. And I'm quite proud because it took me one year and a half of preparation. Good for you. Congratulations. How's it feeling? Well, uh, now it's uh, kind of, I'm going to kind of be, uh, I'm sorry, I'm French. Sorry for my big accent. No, no worries. <laughs> so it's like after drug addiction, uh, I'm going through a disintoxication phase where I have nightmares and I, I, I have physical symptoms where it seems like I'm disconnecting from the narcissist. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very interesting because uh, I've heard people talking about that, but not really believed it. But now since I'm going through it, I can, I can see the real thing. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and it's actually one of the things that's a reoccurring, I guess, pattern for people who are targets of this is you break free. Everything should be great. And it's like all the repressed anxiety and stress that you were feeling when you were going through it. But it's like once, once your, your subconscious or your body realizes, Hey, I, I'm a little safe now. Now I can deal with it. It's like all that stuff comes back. And it, and it's, I, I'm glad you brought this up because this is one of those things that I, I do periodically like to re reattack 
because for most people, if you don't realize it's a, it's a common thing, it feels like you're going backwards. It feels like things, you know, you're making progress. You're like, Hey, I'm getting my life back. And then everything fall, you know, the ground comes out from underneath you. And, uh, it's unfortunately it's normal. Hey, are you working with a therapist or anybody to kind of help you with all that? Well, uh, where I live right now, sadly, the therapists are not very well um, knowledgeable about narcissism. So in my corner, I live in Canada, in the uh, east part of Canada, and it's kind of in my corner. They don't really teach in university narcissism mm-hmm. and how to deal with that. And it's all fine. It's all fine with me because uh, I, I, w- I was in contact with a uh, therapist in your corner of the world, and he helped me a lot. Uh, we had like only four for phone calls and it was very very helpful and i've been reading reading like more than 80 books now on the topic so um i really went calmly and slowly and and i never attacked the narcissist i never tell her she was a narcissist good i really follow all the instructions of the people that went through this before me mm-hmm. so i'm quite proud of how i did it good for you and uh I'm very happy that there's tons of people like you who see, you know, stay calm. Uh, don't try to get validation from them because this will never happen. Uh, right. Don't go into war with them because they, you will lose. If you go into war with them, they've been doing that shit since they were five. They're better at this than us. And, uh, you know, it's better yeah. to keep, keep things calm. Yeah, absolutely. So you can get out of there with the less uh, damage as possible. Well, it's good for you. Thanks for sharing with that. I, I pr- and, and congratulations on your 27 days free. That's aw- that's those are, you know, and embrace that and enjoy it. Right. I mean, that was a hard fought victory to get to that point. Hey, thank you very much for your show, and I'll continue to listen and uh, have a wonderful day, uh, everyone. You too. Thanks. You know, it, it's uh. It's interesting. It's interesting how the, the phases of this go, and it's also I, I I'm really I, I don't know if joyed is the right way to say it, but happy whenever somebody can get the information early to to really change the directory of their situation. So many times people get in a situation where they, they, they drop into this, they're going through the nightmare, then they look for information, then they, they realize what they're dealing with, then they see that they've made all the mistakes that a lot of people, myself and, and a lot of other channels and, and people say, and then you're like, oh crap, I, you know, I took all the bait, I, I, fall, I fell for all the traps. I was absolutely, you know, they absolutely uh, were able to gaslight me and it's just, but, and it, it puts you in a different, you know, the trajectory is off. It doesn't mean that you can't bring things back on track. It just makes it harder. If you know from the beginning what you're dealing with and you make strategic decisions early on, like even what this person was talking about, I mean, it's like, okay, pick your battles. Is it worth it to go to war on everything? Find what's really important that's worth fighting for what isn't. I was just talking to someone the other day and I was recommending they were at the early part of it, write down what the hell you want, write down what's important to you today. 
Is it, is it, what's the custody arrangement? What's the money? What's the stuff? What's important to you? You don't necessarily have to show it to the person, but you need that because when this goes south, if it goes south, you want to have that baseline of what you were really looking for. The problem I had or the trap I fell into is every time I got another poke in the eye, to me, I changed the goal line. I'm like, look, I was willing to agree to A, you know, or agree to this. And you've made everything, or, you know, to the exit. I'm thinking, you know, okay, well, you've made this a colossal mess. So now I want this. And then I want this. And then I lose track of what I really wanted in the beginning. I mean, there were times where I'm like, am I, am I ahead? Am I, am I still getting what I want? I mean, ultimately, I got exactly everything I asked for in the beginning. Actually, I got more. Because initially, and I'm and so I guess in one way I'm I'm glad about this because I didn't understand what, the system, and I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm not worried about it if she has eighty twenty as long as I get to see the kid. And I did not know. See, and this is a problem when you're dealing with narcissistic people. You think they're normal human beings, and that this will calm down, and you'll have, you'll be able to co-parent, and you'll be able to, you know, custody is not going to be an issue. Nobody, I think, goes into this thinking, oh my God, I'm dealing with. You know, I'm dealing with the devil and that they're going to play all these games. So had I agreed to that, I would have been hosed. I would have been, had baked in 80-20 with a naivete on my part thinking, well, whatever, we're cl- I mean, geez, we lived a mile apart from each other. It's not going to be a big deal. Who cares? And then you realize that once they have control, they can start wielding that power, so to speak, to where you don't have, or not that you don't have, it's like where they can in, uh, interfere with. Well, it's not your time. You, you don't get to see the kids. And then something happens where it's like, hey, I got to work this weekend. Can we switch weekends? Nope. Court order says it's this weekend. No, the court order says that we can switch time. Nope, not switching time. You know, this is your week. I mean, it's just stupid games like that. So it, it makes it really, makes it really complicated because, you know, if you make if you make a decision that based on everyone being a good human, you can get yourself into a problem. But 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 again, what I mean is is so have that. I mean, have that reality and say, okay, I'm dealing with a difficult person. What do I want out of this? I want fifty fifty custody. Or if you can't do it, if if it's like, okay, you know what? Because of my job, I mean, there's no way that I'm going to be able to do. And maybe you're a shift worker or whatever. If you, I, you don't have anybody to help you. Uh, watch the kids when they're with you. You don't have the money for daycare. Whatever the situation is, if you look at it and you go, you know what? I really would like 50-50, but there's no way I can do 50-50. But I want, but I want every other weekend. You know, and you, and then whatever else is important. Write in your birthdays. Write in all that other stuff. We haven't talked about court orders in a while, but you know, I mean, anyway. So. On that, let me just see. I got one other call. I'll grab him in a second. Let me just double check what's going on. Um, so Pat had said, need help. How do I handle emotional triggers like when I visit a place I have been with my kids? I cry in public. I have to stop this. I have not seen my kids for only three months. Or Pat, I'm sorry. I think I said Pam. In the early parts of this, emotional triggers are going to be everywhere. And I was actually, I was just talking to someone about this the other day. When I was in the early parts of this, everything would set me off. 
seeing a car that looked like hers would set her off. Going to places that we'd been would, would set, set her off, set me off. Watching a show that, of a happy family would set me off. Watching a show with a broke-up family would set me off. Watching a movie where there is a person dealing with their kids. Which, it's like everything was a trigger. So, Pat, I mean, you're still in the middle of this. And you're still in the alienation part of this. You've only, you haven't seen your kids for three months. So you're already in the phase where they've been able to somehow... I mean, maybe you put it in the comments, I'm not sure, but to been able to orchestrate it to where you're unable to see the kids. It could be a protective order. It could be that they picked up the kids and moved to another state. It's like, we're having problems and I'm going back to mom and dad in another state. And now they're physically away from you. You allowed it because you uh, thought that, you know, it's like you're trying to work on the relationship, you know, let's have some time. See, this goes back to what we were talking about the other day about when I said people who file first have the advantage. If somebody has in their mind that they're going to do that, they're going to they're, they're like, "Okay, I'm getting divorced. I need to orchestrate a plan." They orchestrate a problem, a fight. They grab the kids, they go three states over to their, you know, back to their moms, their dads, whatever the heck the deal is, they take the kids with them. You think you had a fight everyone's cooling off and you're taking a break. They could potentially be thinking, I planned this. I'm moving to, I moved to another state. I'm going to set up residence. I'm going to wait until I have residency and I'm going to file for divorce there. I haven't heard anybody talk about that recently, but that's, that has been a very common tactic for a lot of people. So Pat, the thing is, is uh, depending on what is the triggers on it, Therapy, trauma therapy, number one go-to. The second thing is, let me see if I can pull this up on my channel. If you go into the resource tabs, these, these if you go to dadsurvivingdivorce.com slash resources or just the main site and click on resources and if it ever decides to load, because it's always slow every time I try to do this, these hypnosis files really were helpful for me. I would just listen to them over and over and over and over and over again to like to drill those into my head or into my subconscious. The other thing is, Pat, is just know that you're at the early part of this. This is really hard. And whenever your whole world's been ripped upside down and then you're not even able to see your children, it's, it's absolutely going to trigger you. Dewey Dew says, just seeing the same make car and the same color would trigger everything. I'm in the exact same way. Used to be the same thing. I'd see a gray Dodge Grand Caravan, and I would have an anxiety attack or PTSD. All right, I'm going to go to the next caller. It looks like we got an update. And hello, welcome to the show. Hey, Dwayne, how's it going? It's going all right. First question before you jump into it. The last time you called in, you were doing pretty good and things were going okay. Are they still, are, are you still feeling good or is, uh, has things changed? I mean, it's probably just more my own emotional mindset. I mean, I also haven't talked to, I got the kids on the phone last night for the first time in 10 days. 
So she's obviously, I don't know how, because they have their own phones, but somehow created a situation where I, I just couldn't talk to them. And, you know, you miss a couple days, two days, you're okay. I mean, when it starts getting like a week, 10 days, you start getting anxious when you know that this person is um, has bad intentions. You just you wonder what's going oh, on. Yeah. And then you talk yeah. to them and it's like everything's fine. Um, but then when I was talking to my daughter yesterday, she showed me that her foot was scraped up really bad. Like, like it took off a big chunk of skin and, and I go, what happened? She goes, I went bike riding with mom. And I go, okay. She goes, I was wearing my flip flops. She let you go riding on a bike with flip. And my daughter's 10. She's not, you know, super athlete. She's probably still learning how to ride a bike. Um, and so it's just like, man. You know, and then there was another story earlier in the summer where my son hurt his back, and after I saw how she rides the boat, you know, I saw that she was likely the cause of it. And, you know, they were riding on the kayak, you know, weeks before that without any life vest. Right. It's actually against the law at their age. So, you know, it's just, and, and then you start realizing that, you know, you're just gaslighting, it happens on different levels, and you start realizing that. You get you get angry about it, and then, and then you realize you kind of have a complex about yourself because they they so consistently painted the picture about you that you almost you almost buy into it. It's almost like you have to convince yourself that you're not this guy, you know. Yeah. And it's like you know, even when you're just starting to get better, you just there's some emotional baggage here, and you know. And you've heard me talking about mindfulness and all these. Mm-hmm all these tools, which are really important, but like to hang on to those things when you're going through this, you know, even years later and you, you know, you've been going through it for many years. It's just, it's hard. And so you, you have to constantly try to revisit your tools, expand oh, yeah. your tool set and, um, and just stay strong, you know, and, and, and stay positive and, and, and realize that, you know, as hard as it is, you're still creating some of it in your head. Like, even though as hard as, yeah. As bad as that person is, and because they're so persistent and always creating so many problems, it's a constant effort to discern between when they're creating the problem and when you're when you're actually not making it better in your own mind. That is an excellent point and a really great topic. And and you're absolutely right. We sometimes we become our own worst enemies. And you add any extra stress onto it, and it's like that. It's like it's a do loop that spins out of control. It's a uh, catastrophic thinking, you know. You you, and it doesn't take much, especially in the early parts of this. It doesn't take much, and and the really frustrating part is you can have some victories. You can be feeling really good and then crash a couple of days later and not even understand why because it doesn't make any sense. And I mean, it's just yeah, absolutely yeah. And what you're describing is is spot on. And then you take in the, the, I mean, like just the examples you were talking about. I mean, I, and I could hear it in your voice. You know, it's just, I mean, I, I could see the thought process you're probably going through. You're like, seriously? I mean, come on. Just, you know, have a little bit of attention for your kids to be just a decent parent. You know, I mean, try to protect them. Don't take them out on a boat without life preservers. When they, you know, I mean, it's like that doesn't make sense. Taking a new bi- a person on a new bike, uh, you know, on a bicycle ride, just make sure that they wear their shoes. I mean, we're not talking about anything complicated. And then you start thinking, it's like, well, right. are they doing it on purpose? Are they doing it just to try to get to me? You know, and then you feel helpless because it's like you want to be, able, you know, you think to yourself, 
if this was anybody else, if I, if I was at someone else's house and they were, or whatever, they were watching my kid and they were doing stuff like this, I would pick them up, leave, and we would never come back. But because you're married to this person, you don't have that choice. You don't have the ability to, yeah, to do that. And I want to tell my, if every time something like this happens, I report it to my lawyer. And he's like, it's, it's not worth pursuing. He's like, but right. if you did that, you would get crucified. And I, just, oh, yeah. I get frustrated because, you know, the lawyer's always putting, you know, got to put the reins on me in terms of what we can do. See, it's like but, the, but, the, but the, see the, the difference, standard. The, the difference is, and I, I think the problem is, is, you know, if you did that, it's especially with a narcissistic person, they're just going to blow it off. They're going to be like, oh, well, stuff happens, right? And then they flip it around yeah. to you, and it causes a panic reaction, and, and you freak out, because I did too. I mean, and what you're talking about, I mean, there were so many things. I was so worried about, you know, send the kids home. You know, when, I, when they would go back to their moms, it's like, okay, are there any marks on them? You know, are there any cuts and abrasions? Is anything going to blow up in my face? And they're not thinking that, but, but it gets us in this panic mode which causes us to make sense or make mistakes, not make sense. But the, the, the flip side to it is, I mean, the rea- okay, so here's the reality. Accidents happen, right? I mean, I know as a parent, I've made stupid decisions and things that have been like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have done that. And my kid got hurt. You know, I mean, just, just you know, whatever. It's a, it, it happens. The sad part is, is that when you, as soon as you get into this, it's, it turns into this tit for tat. And, and again, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about before, about uh, like picking your goals, right? I mean, the reality is, it, it, is it really, you know, I mean, is it, is it going to, would there be a payoff to try to make this an issue, right? And, and, and in a lot of ways, I think your attorney's right because, well, one, if I remember correctly, he's, he's more of a corporate attorney and just trying to get into family law. But, but I mean, so it's, Right. The, the reality is it's easy. It's, it's going to be easy for her to wave off more than likely. Well, mistakes happen. You know, you'd have to show a pattern, a, a consistent pattern of behavior. And maybe you could, right? You could say, hey, look, you know, they, they went boat riding and my kid's back got hurt. Then there's pictures of them out without life vests, you know, basically in violation of the law. Now you have this, this injury on a bike. And it's like, you know, maybe if you could string enough of them together to where somebody would say, okay, you know, this is messed up. We need to intervene. We need to make mom or dad or whoever, you know, go to more training or whatever. And, and, and you're right though. The problem is, is that it seems like if it, it seems like if you're a man, they just automatically assume that you don't know how to take care of kids. So it's not a mistake. It's, 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 you know, it's a, it's an indicator that the kids shouldn't be with you, right? And that's what they try to use. And you're right. If you would have made that same mistake and send the kids back, it would probably end up in a court document, you know, within three days, and you would be told that, you know, you don't know how to, to, to take care of, you know, your kids. I mean, fortunately, mine yeah. only tried that a little bit, and mainly she just used stuff like that to just slander me with everyone else, you know, Oh, he's a piece of crap. Can you believe this happened to our child? And this is why, you know, men shouldn't have kids. And it's like, seriously, you know, I mean, it, it's, it, but the reality is, is that you can sit there and, and drive yourself crazy trying to, to pick apart everything to where you can reattack them. And I get it right. You want to put them back on their heels, 
And you just got to be strategic about it. And it's like, is it really worth it? Is it, you know, are you, are you actually going to land a, a guided missile in the right location or is it going to blow up three feet out of, you know, out of the launch tube and take you out? Right. I mean, so it, it's, it makes it really tough because. Yeah. And you don't even really want to do it, try to, try to hurt them because it, after a while you realize you're never, it's never, you're never going to get any satisfaction out of it. Sometimes you just, yeah. I mean, after a while, you just want to do it to give yourself space from it, like to give yourself yeah. to, to just also send a, a shot over the bow to just say, "Listen, stop messing with me. You're no better," you know, and and just to like get some reprieve from from the constant, you know, mudslinging. Yeah, you know, hoping that because there's no. I mean, it reminds me of the marriage. Yeah, like it's the oh, same yeah. thing. Wow, that's no, a good point. No, it was right. okay. You could, you could, you could, I tried every method to deal with her. I tried being passive. Mm -hmm. That made her worse. I tried being aggressive with her and pushing back hard. That made her worse. I tried being right what? in between where I'm perfectly balanced and I picked my battle. Right. There was no, there's See, no and, that, and that's the thing about it. it well, it, and, and the reality you know, is, so, you try to the, the, so let me, <clears throat> let me stop you there. The, the, the thing, here's the thing. You know, in the marriage, you're right. You try all those things, and, it, and it's it's a train wreck. When you get into this situation after this, it, I, I think we all go through a phase to where we get irritated and we have to fight back. And sometimes if you're really, really, really lucky, you might land a good hit, right? I mean, you might be able to catch them in something. The court system agrees with you, and you effectively scare them where they're like, oh, crap, everyone's starting to see through my crap, so I'm going to change tactics or they'll back off, Right. The reality is most of the time that doesn't happen. Most of the time we just, you get to the point where you realize I'm beating my head against the wall, trying to get some justice, trying to get some satisfaction and I'm not getting anywhere. And then you can either keep going down the same path and basically driving yourself insane. And like you just said, keeping yourself almost as if you were still married with a person or you change tactic and say, okay, you yeah. know what? This is crap. I shouldn't let them get, I shouldn't let them get away with this. I shouldn't let this happen. However, I've tried everything I possibly can, and it's just not, it's not worth it. And you pivot your focus to like, okay, how do I make sure that I have a good relationship with my kids? I mean, the fact that your, your, your child told you that and the, and the mom didn't hear it or freak out is actually, it's, it's good, right? I mean, it means you still have good communications with your kids, even though you've been, this whole last year, you've been severely, uh, interrupted or, or your, you know, your access to them has been as close to terminated as very you could limited. get. Yeah. Very limited. Okay. Better way to put yeah. it. So, you know, and then you just turn around and you, and you focus on, okay, you know what? I can't control them. I can minimize it. Right. And that's like in my situation, what I've ultimately done is like, look, if, if, if my ex can feel that she has won, that she's got me by the short hairs, that I'm just a disgruntled, angry, bitter ex, she probably even thinks would be, would be my guess that I haven't married or done anything with with Debbie because I'm pining for her would be I would be would not be surprised. You know, cuz everything is about her. If that's what she thinks, I don't care. If she thinks she's winning and she leaves me alone and she minimizes the 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 attention, the negative attention, the extra negative attention that she gives the kids, fine. I don't care anymore. There was a period of time where yeah, I did no, not wa want her to feel that. that. Yeah. Yeah, you can't care about that because you know that their thinking is so, on some level, on a very core level, it's so distorted. 
right. that you know in the end you really can't worry about that. And if, and, if, and if somehow they have a perception that they're winning on something, whether they are or they're not, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're, you're not going to you're not going to control that. They're just these people thinking is at some level is so distorted. But on the, it's, it's 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 and that's the confusing part is it's not intuitive, you know. And it, you, you constantly have to oh, remind wow. yourself that these people are not like other people. Their thinking is different. Yeah. But on the surface, they present as people who are normal, and and it'll drive you, know, you crazy. And so, it, and and what you were it, talking about, and what you were talking about earlier. Is you and I'm sure you've gone through this, and I'm sure everyone who's who's listening has probably gone through this too, where you're looking at them and you're like, "Oh my God, they are so convincing." They say what they're saying with yeah. such conviction. Am I nuts? Am 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 I? You know, yeah. I mean, it's like, how can someone be like that? I mean, it's like I use the stupid analogy of walking outside and looking at the sky and saying it's purple, and it's like. And it, and, but but at the the, See, the first the last, go ahead. It took me like the last it took me like the last two years to figure it out, and oh, yeah. I would challenge her on. Like one time, my son had um, he had to get some oral surgery, and I wanted to go keep him company, and he was kind of nervous they were going to put him under. Yeah, yeah. And um, he had like this weird mole in his mouth, and the the, the dentist was going to remove it, but an oral surgeon. And um, she said, you can't go. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, only one parent's allowed. I was like, I, was, I didn't believe her. And, but, you know, she's a doctor. I just didn't fight with her over. This was when I still hadn't totally figured her out yet. And then when I came, when I came home after the surgery to see my son, you know, her, her parents were there. And they were talking about it like they were all there together. I was like, wait a minute, your parents were there? I thought you said only one person can go. That sounds like the whole family went with me. And she was like, they were like, oh, we didn't go. And so they, they you know, her mom's a good liar too. Um, wow. Anyways, I call, I call the oral surgeon's office. Like, oh, I go, okay, great. Oh, and it sounds like the surgery one. You got to meet Jake's grandparents. They're like, yeah, they were lovely. And I was like, so they were lying to me, you know, and I proved yeah, it. Yeah. And I just, and I realized that her and her family are just so good at lying. And that, that's when it, that's when I woke up. And then I realized there, there's been lies years for years and I just wasn't catching it Yeah, because they're so good at it, yeah. you know? And, um, you know, we, we taught we'd even have family conversations about honesty and her mother would say something like, well, everyone's a liar. Oh, and I feel like, really, yeah, normalize that's, it. That's not really, yeah. yeah. You know, it'd be like, no. And so, yeah, they're, they just operate. And so if you don't, there's a lot of things. You, if you take the time to understand like that, that last caller, the French guy from Canada, he was great. Yeah. I love how he's done a lot of research mm-hmm. and he understands that therapists don't get narcissism. Like he's, you're really helping yourself, you know, like parent parental alienation. If you see you have that going on, there's a lot you can educate yourself on there. And I'm telling you, like these dynamics are not intuitive. Mental health professionals don't get narcissism. They don't get that. Most of them don't get parent parental alienation. A lot of people aren't even sure it exists when we know, oh, yeah. you and I know it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that education, at the end of the day, it's 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 not just helpful to help you navigate, but it helps you keep your sanity. Yeah. It really does. Hey Frank, and your thanks. channel is a great example of that education. Yeah, your channel. Dwayne, I appreciate is a great it, man. Example of how we how we. You know, so I think I I just 
that drop. So these things are so hard, right? I mean, I try to make it this to show really positive and upbeat and it's just the, these, it's very emotionally draining. I mean, it, it, it absolutely is. Let me, uh, I do have a caller, but I'm also going to couple hit a couple of comments real quick. Uh, voice, uh, Volser has says, how do you deal with the anger of paying child support for your kids when the other person does not help them do better for themselves and their kids, man, voice, uh, Volser, I will say that, uh, that was something I struggled with for a long time. You just have to realize that the system isn't fair, that child support is not for the child. It's, it's money transferred to the other person and they can do whatever they want with it. They can burn it in a fire and there's nothing we can do about it. And it's incredibly frustrating and it's not right. And I know we, we all, most people who are on the payee side wishes or thinks that there should be some type of accountability or some type of uh, accounting, which I guess would be accountability for it to make sure that it's actually going where it needs to go. So how do I, how did I deal with the anger of it? Uh, I just had to make my peace with it. And, and ultimately what happened is for me is I just sat or one day I'm like looking at it going, okay, there's nothing I can do about this. And the state of California child support is guideline driven. So they do it as a formula. It spits out a number, you pay it. If you don't pay it, there are some severe consequences which would just create more problems, which did make me more angry. Ultimately, I was just like, you know what? I can sit here and be mad about this. And you have every right to be mad. I had every right to be mad about it. But at the end of the day, it's not helping me get my life back. It's not helping me have a better relationship when I did get to see my kids with them. And I just ultimately had to, to just say, okay, you know what? I've, I've, complained about it. I've asked all the questions. I've done all the research to see what I could do. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it was just, it was tough. You see, you go on to say, do you tell your kids that you give their mother money? Let's see. I probably did that. Well, I know I, I mean, they know, they know that she's living off, was living off of me. Maybe not in the beginning. Maybe they didn't completely realize it. But no, I made the mistake where I would bring it up, you know. And, but see, it's it's a tough one because when the kids are like, "Daddy, can 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 we do X Y Z?" and it's like, "Sorry, you know, sorry, buddy, or sorry, pumpkin, um, I don't have any money." But why not? You know, mommy has all kinds of money. She buys stuff for me, <laughs> and you're like, Rawr. you know. I don't know, right? I mean, it's 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 a tough one. I've seen both sides of it, right? I mean, it's like uh, you'll have people say, you know, well, I don't have any money. Your mom has, or you know, like in my situation, you know, your mom has all the money. I don't have any money, and then it's just it's a mess. What I recommend, okay, the official answer is: should you be telling your kids about it? No. You really shouldn't. You're putting them in the middle of it. It's making it more stressful for them. You know, your best bet would 
would be, you know, to what you should do, which I don't think most people do, but what you should do is not talk about that. And if the kids are saying, Hey, you know, I want, I want, uh, something, you know, why can't you get it? You just say, Hey, you know, money's really tight. I, you know, I'm, I'm working, but, uh, there's a lot of bills and, and I just can't, I can't afford it. I mean, after a while, they're going to realize that, uh, you know, they're beating a dead horse. What's really frustrating is when you're going through that, the ex isn't spending money on them, like probably like you mentioned, and then the kids are still coming to you and you're thinking to yourself, are you kidding me? Like in my situation at the beginning part of it, it's like, she's getting 65% of my take home pay and I, and I still have to pay rent and utilities and get to work. And, you know, it's like, I can't even live on the 40, you know, on the what 35% that I'm taking home. And I, it's just, it's incredibly stressful. And typically what will happen is, is they will rub it in. They will absolutely rub it in, rub it in. So I'm going to go to this caller, um, right now. And it says, uh, uh, the topic is about being provoked to act in a bad way and then being accused in a relationship. And that, Welcome to the show. You Hello. Still- Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so glad I, I have this opportunity. I have a relationship with uh, this uh, person, and I wanted to tell my story about one situation where I was, I think, was provoked. Okay. And I would like your opinion. So we lived in a residential place that had a rule, no pets allowed. Uh, me and my spouse, he's already ex-spouse, but we lived uh, and there was a clear administration rule, no pets. And one day I wanted to maybe feed a little kitten from the street, just to feed for a few moments and take it back to the street. I asked my um, ex for permission. I said, are you okay if I bring the kitten? I wanted to know his opinion and he said, no, don't bring any. We don't want to play mess with the rules. And I agreed with him. I consider his opinion. I didn't bring anyone. And then we had a talk. Look, we uh, don't want any pets. We agree both that we are both against pets. And on top of that, we live in a place where pets are not allowed. Right. And it was a clear conversation. I was against pets too. So a week later, he buys a rabbit and brings it home. And he says, now we're going to have a pet. I was shocked because I did not want to have a pet. He basically lied to me when he said he does not want pets because now he says he wants a pet. And he and insists that we have to hide it from administration, keep it a secret, and we are going to have a pet. And it was such a shock to me because I, now I have to leave, hide something from the housing administration and the rabbits. Yeah. He didn't learn anything about how to take care of them. It was very stressful. The rabbits start chewing shoes, wires, a bag, oh, yeah. Yeah. and it's not rabbit's fault. No. He said, I'll prepare, I'll prepare, and then they start bringing a fan, preparing how to hide the things. And while he was doing preparation, the rabbit was sitting in a dark box 
and I felt sorry for the rabbit. <laughs> so wow. it was a lot of stress. Funny, I started getting ignored because I did not want to have a pet. It's like he's ignoring my wish. He's ignoring our agreement. Yeah, and yeah. now the pet is eating my shoes. And one day I come home and I see in my sleeping bed where I sleep, full of urine and poop. Like on my pillow, there's pets, yeah. there's rabbit poop and urine. And I get so upset. I get angry. I decided to politely talk to him and say, look, I agree that we hide a secret from everyone. I accept you. I forgive you for breaking our agreement. And now I have to sleep in someone's poop and urine. Right. It's like I'm a dormant for his pet training. I got so yeah. angry. Right. And his reaction, you know, he, he rolled his eyes and walk away to the bathroom. He said, I don't want to talk about it. Like, I bother him. Like, I'm annoying. Oh, yeah. At that point, I got so angry. I I did not want to believe that he intentionally ignored me. I wanted to believe maybe he doesn't hear me. Maybe um, he doesn't understand. He must love me. I I have to wake him up. I, I have to sober him up that I... I was so angry that I shook his, I grabbed his hands very harsh to pull him to me, to shake him and to say, hey, this is so so important to me. You cannot ignore. And it was so harsh that he almost, he lost his balance a little bit awkwardly, almost falling down, but he didn't fall. Um, I just was so firm. I didn't expect myself. I shook his hand. I grabbed with my hands his hands and shook so hardly and said, listen, please, to me, you cannot just let me sleep in someone's urine. It's yeah. ridiculous. And after that, he said, you know what? You're physically abusive. You just tried to hit yeah. me. So let me, let me I, we're, I we're running out of time. Apologize. So let me, uh, let me just go ahead and, mm-hmm. and okay. so let, let me grab or basically address what you had because we only have a few minutes. And, and so, so here's, here's the deal, right? People like this push your boundaries. And when, as you were saying that, I was thinking, oh my God. And then when you were talking about grabbing, grabbing him and I'm like, oh, this is turning into a, this is a setup. This is absolutely a setup. Let me push your buttons, get you to respond negatively, then try to pretend that it's a domestic violence issue. And it, technically it is. I mean, if you grab somebody aggressively, whether you're a man or a woman, that can be used against you. Here, here's the thing, guys. Yes, it's I- it's it's really important to to it's really important to understand that good communications and real communications. You know, you, you have to look at the actions and the words, right? And I kind of maybe I messed up the way I said that, but but when somebody is demonstrating by their actions and it doesn't follow with their words. That is, that's critical. You know, in that example where it's like, okay, we had this agreement, we're not going to, I mean, and, and it could be anything. I mean, there's people who are like, hey, we, we decided we wanted kids when we got married. Now one, somebody doesn't. Or we decided we don't want to have kids. And then the other person's like, oh no, I, I've decided I want, I want kids. It's like, you've, you've changed the rules. Now people do change. I get it. But a lot of times, a, especially with a narcissistic type person, they will turn around and basically tell you what you want to hear to, to get what they want at the time. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't like animals. I mean, you know, it's crazy that, that this type of stuff just routinely happens. And 
you have to watch what's what's happening. Now, the sad part is, is as this stuff starts to turn, when you start to realize that things aren't really as they seem, and as the caller was talking about, you, you're like, okay, right? Let's have some let's have some conversations. Let's work this out and figure this out. Because you're not, you, you don't go from, I'm in a marriage, a committed relationship with somebody, to it's over in a second. A narcissist can, as second they realize that you are no longer of any value to them, they can flip that switch. And that's why it's so hard for a lot of us because the flip, the switch is flipped and we're like, what? I have this five, 10, 15, 20 year relationship. And in a nanosecond, it went from, I love you. I hate you or, or worse. I love you to You don't even exist anymore. And you're left going, what in the world just happened? <clears throat> So when you have a situation like this, you have to look at the actions and the words, and the second that it's it starts going south, you really have to have your eyes open. Now, I, I know I had to cut the caller off, but but in my mind, if that was a setup, that so easily you provoke somebody, you get them to to do something that you want them to do, you're able to to turn around and um provoke them in a way that then you can use it against them. It's like, oh my God, you've attacked me. You've assaulted me. And guys, just to throw this out here, you know, everyone always thinks that it's the, you know, the Amber Herds of the world that do that. Men will do it too. Narcissistic, screwed up thinking people, man or woman, will do it. Now, a few years ago, maybe they wouldn't because it wasn't accepted for, it wasn't really accepted for a man to, to come in and say, you know, oh, I was physically assaulted by my, by ex. Equality has come into the game, evil are, you know, leveled that out, and now they do. So, man, I, I, I'll bring up this, uh, Marie had a question. I'll bring it up tomorrow on the show because we are about out of time. Man, these hours just fly by. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Really appreciate uh, all the conversation and the discussion. I think we had some pretty good pretty good uh, discussions on here remember take the time when you go through this to focus on yourself get your life back heal those freaking wounds get yourself to where you're not just repeating patterns trying to learn the same lesson over and over again you're already gone through the pain you're already going through this you owe it to yourself just to, to lean forward a little bit more fix the the, the root causes of the problems so you don't have to be, keep living with this over and over and over again. Have a great rest of your day, guys, and I'll see you tomorrow.